0: Hey, hey, hey. So, we're back with the J Show. I did say, I did promise you guys that I would be recording four episodes back to back tonight. About 30 minutes each. So I'm keeping my promise. And I said in the previous episode that I'd be discussing Rihanna and my weird relationship with her. Yeah. So we've gone from talking about the lovely Chris Knowings from Sesame Street and how adorable he is to discussing something that I found pretty fascinating and I I think you'll find pretty fascinating as well. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm from Barbados, alright? I'm I'm from where she's from. But I've had a very interesting relationship with Rihanna over the years and I'm going to go into why. First, I start at the beginning. When Rihanna first came on the scene back in 2005, I adored Rihanna. She was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Her music was awesome. We had never had a person from Barbados make it in that kind of way. And looking at her now and and to the heights that she's evolved to, she's even outperformed some contemporaries that would have been originally from the U.S. So kudos to her. But... At the time, it was like, oh my God, you know, and she did, she did inspire a lot of young Barbadian females and males to pursue music. Because in Barbados, pursuing music is a bit of a, eh, it's a small island. You might get successful, you really might not. There are not as many opportunities to really make it in music or in acting. So it's really about who you know and um, most people tend to try to go for the more traditional jobs, the more sensible jobs, because it just seems more practical. So for Rihanna to even pursue music was a big deal, especially in the era that she would have come from. But my complicated relationship with Rihanna has nothing to do with her accomplishments, and yet it has everything to do with them all at once. I love singing. I love to sing. I've never had the confidence to pursue a singing career. And I don't think that I will pursue a singing career even up to now. Because, you know, in these times, in this climate, it just doesn't seem very practical for me to pursue a singing career. But I love singing. I think I have a fairly reasonable voice. And um, I love the arts. As I got older, as I grew up, as I was going through the processes of puberty and stuff, I had a lot of issues with my self-confidence. This was around the time that I started to become a Chris Brown fan as well. And I was legitimately threatened by Rihanna, by what she represented. She was beautiful. She was attractive. She was talented. She was super successful. And that intimidated me to no end. And um, I think sometimes it still does. It probably still does. It matters where she's from, Barbados. So that means that if she's worshipped in the U.S., she's even more worshipped here. It's that you can't say anything bad or any constructive critique without people thinking that you're crying her down. And even up to this day, I mean, I'm using her as a launching pad into a deeper conversation. This episode isn't going to be as fun as the one I did prior, but it's going to top on some, touch on some pretty important things that as young black females we live with every day. She was pretty. She was talented. She was better than me in every way. And I have to say, my jealousy of Rihanna could be expanded into my jealousy of girls who are pretty. Now I know you can't see my face in this podcast, but um I have features that people would consider conventionally okay. I am a solid five to six. I am pretty average looking. I'm short. Currently I'm pretty hairy because you know why shave whoop woop <laughs> comfortable with hairiness from time to time uh, I'm curvaceous I have some pretty thick thighs hips breasts you know I am a curvaceous female and I'm kind of short so I would fall under the category of cute Um, I am trying to adult I don't know where that puts me on the scale of success But I'm trying to adult. I've had jobs. I've done certain things. I've been to school. Um, I'm pretty average. All around, I'm pretty average. So I've always felt an intimidation by girls who are just beautiful. Girls who are just talented. Girls who are just doing the thing. You know? I guess because it pointed to insecurities within me. You know, I couldn't feel comfortable around them. And it's weird because I started off as a Rihanna fan. But when I got older, I became a Chris Brown fan. And we all know what happened. We're not going to rehash that and rehash that. And I'm still a Chris Brown fan. And I'm going to admit, I am Team Breezy, okay? I'm a very big fan of Chris Brown up to this day. I don't condone what he did. I don't. I don't condone his bad behavior, but I'm a fan of the music, and I've just connected with him as a person. But it's interesting that I connected to him on such a deep level when it all went down. It's like, it was easier to digest a Chris Brown because he's male, because he's a guy, because part of me knew that he was way older than me, and there was no way we would ever be able to date. And he was just approachable in my mind. And given the fact that he's pretty nice to fans, that was an accurate assumption. And in the time frame of 2006-7, when my love of Chris began to develop, he was seen as a pretty nice guy, pretty approachable guy. He was very popular with you, was burning up the charts, forever came out and was a smash hit. Um, Run it, like, he was just everywhere. Everyone loved him. Yes, there was a time when Chris Brown was loved by everyone. And that's why his fall from grace hit so hard. Because when he landed, he was very well liked. He was a likable guy. um. And I felt, it felt easier. Um, I went to the Alien School. Woo-woo. If you're an international listener. Assuming you even have listeners. Ha-ha-ha. You wouldn't necessarily know where that even is, but it's a wonderful secondary school in in Play in Saint Andrew, in the island of Barbados. At least, Long it's it, it's a fantastic institution, over two hundred years old. And I must admit, when I first went to Aline, it was hard for me to make friends, especially with females, because I was kind of awkward, like. In primary school, my socialization or my way of being social was awkward. And so when I went into Aline, it was even more awkward. And I wanted to fit in with the girls. I wanted to be a part of the crew. I wanted to be in the popular crowd. That didn't work out. The first friends I ever made at Aline were guys. Guys that you would deem quote unquote nerdy guys, but guys, it was males. It was guys that gave me companionship. And this is probably why I have such a nuanced look on black males because many times where black females failed me, young black males were there to pick up the slack. And I'm not kidding. Um, that's how my life story has been in some cases. So it took a long time for me to develop some female friends and stuff. And I did. I do have some female best friends and I have friends who are female, I have friends who are male, but I don't think that I've really processed that yet, like that jealousy yet, which is why, as fantastic as Rihanna might be, I still cringe a bit when I hear about her, and I know it's not her fault. she's a lovely girl, but I cringe there is a discomfort, there is a a visceral reaction that I get. And it's nothing to do with her, but everything to do with me and my own insecurities. And I'm trying to process that. Why am I like that? Like, I need to let it go. Um, I'm going to honestly say, though, even if I wasn't developing that envy or whatever, I would still prefer Chris Brown's music over Rihanna's music just due to my taste in music. And the fact that, to me, over the years, her voice just became a bit more annoying to me, personally. And as I said, this is uncut and unfiltered, so I'm giving you my honest opinion. Her voice became a bit more annoying to me over the years, when she first started off. Because I've listened to her albums, don't get me wrong, I've listened to her albums. And her first couple of albums, I loved. But as time went on, I just I just didn't connect to the music as much anymore. And it turns out that neither did she. I love Rihanna the businesswoman. Rihanna the businesswoman gives me hope. Rihanna the philanthropist inspires me. Rihanna the person is pretty dope. She's pretty cool. Rihanna, Rihanna the musician, I am not hyped for. And for Chris Brown, Chris Brown the person is a pretty messed up guy, but a pretty cool guy. Um, I love his music of his music, I've listened to all of his albums. I could play Chris Brown songs all day long. I am Team Breezy, as I said. I'm, uh, I I, will go, I have gone ten toes down in the mud for Chris Brown. Um, so there's that on that, in terms of that. <laughs> but there is a new rapper called Sweetie. And Sweetie kind of reminds me of Rihanna. And there's no surprise since she's heavily inspired by Rihanna. But I do not feel intimidated by Sweetie. I'm wondering if this is just personal growth or if it's the fact that she isn't from Barbados. Because I also don't feel this way about Mariah Carey, about Beyonce, about any other artists that just originate in the U.S. I think it's the fact that Rihanna hit so close to home on every single level. That created such a reaction for me personally. Because I love Sweetie. I am Team Breezy. And I'm also Icy Gang. Icy. I like her. I like what she represents. I think she makes fun, cool music. She's not a Meg. Okay, she's not a Meg the Stallion. But she's still cool in her own right. And I think that Sweetie will be around for a long time. Um, she just has to find her lane. She has to find her voice. She has to find her footing. Um, I think she's trying too hard to be in competition with Meg. I think her label is pushing her heavily to get a number one hit, which she may or may not receive. Um, But overall, her branding is fantastic. I'm really into the branding. I really like her vibe because I love music from the early 2000s. Um, and that era, I listen to nothing but like Chris Brown, B2K, Mario, Neo, and I love R&B. So I love that vibe. And Sweetie reminds me of that vibe, but in the modern day. So I love Sweetie. I love the fact that she's going with this whole college thing. I love the fact that she's fun, carefree and unproblematic i I like her i like I've watched her lives, I like her personality, and she is also very attractive, but she doesn't come from my country. I guess that's what it is like it's more of a detachment, perhaps, but I love her i i wanna tap 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 in I'm <laughs> speaking of tapping um the tap in remix. I actually like the tapping remix. I I've heard a lot of people tear it apart, but I understand what they were trying to do. I understand the vision. I like it. I get the vibe. I get the the madness behind it. That's actually genius. I, I like it. I like it. I do. I do. Speaking of sweet, um Meg the Stallion. I like Meg. Meg is cool. But I think me being Christian, even though I shouldn't be listening to either, sweetie, or Meg due to the lyrical content, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to work out my salvation every day. <laughs> and I'm not perfect. But um, I think what it is with Meg for me is the fact that I prefer a less quote unquote aggressive personality, and I know Meg isn't aggressive, and it is sad that the whole persona of her being aggressive is what works against her in such a perilous time as her being shot and and let's segue into that for a bit we I've already talked about Chris Brown and I've talked about Rihanna, and so let's let's just go there, let's just go there. What happened to Meg, the stallion, is 10 times worse, in my opinion, than what happened to Rihanna in that car. I know that the face injuries Rihanna had looked worse, but Chris Brown did not pull a gun out on Rihanna. He didn't shoot, as she said, as Meg said in her own words. He didn't dry shoot her. That fight came from an argument that went out of control. And and it could honestly happen to anyone. So I'm not defending it. I'm not defending the actions. But I'm saying that the motives are completely different. Chris and Rihanna were in an established relationship. Chris Brown turned himself in the next day. He apologized. He was duly punished. Okay? Meg... Covered up for Tori, which was her mistake. But listening to her life, I understand why. And I am on the side of Meg the Stallion 100%. I am. I am on the side of Meg the Stallion 100%. Um. And it's sad what happened, you know. It's really sad. But Tori Lanez has not been punished for what he's done. And I think this is why we need to look at things with nuance. Mentioning Chris Brown because he is the easiest name to mention kind of made it easy for Tory Lanez to escape the scrutiny that he deserved. You know? And that annoys me. Because Chris has already been punished for what he did. And that's part of the reason that I could be a, a proud fan of Chris Brown because he's been punished. For every single wrong that he's done. And what more can I ask of the law system. When it comes to men that misbehave. Than for the law system to duly punish them. I do not believe in cancel culture. And removing a person's living or paycheck. Just because of how we feel about their actions. Because there's a law system in place. For things like that. That's my view on it. And I believe that the law did the best thing when it came to Chris and his actions against women. So if he's already been punished for his crimes and he's working on being a good father and he's working on improving, then I have to appreciate it for what it is. But with Tory Lanez, he's out there in Canada living his best life. Meg deserves justice and Tory Lanez deserves to be put in jail. Speaking of jail, R. Kelly was jumped in jail, and I don't normally delight in people's misery. Okay? I don't normally delight in people's misery, but I was happy to hear that. I was happy to hear that. Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't he do it? That's what I would say to that. Won't he do it? R. Kelly <sighs> disgusted me. What he did to those young black girls disgusts me to the core. I could never listen to R. Kelly music again and feel comfortable. And I know that that sounds weird. Like, how can you listen to Chris Brown but not R. Kelly? Because things have nuance. Things have nuance. Things have layers. Things have levels. There's a certain level that I don't cross. There's a certain level that I'm willing to dissect and understand. And R. Kelly crossed the lane. So screw R. Kelly. Um <laughs> the tone of this podcast is so much more mature, but it just goes to show sure. that like, this is called the G Show. They, these are, are my genuine thoughts. These podcast episodes are unscripted, as I said. I'm talking as it flows. This is just a conversation with you. There's no planning, just the thoughts that are in my head. And I'm being careful and a bit cautious because. Maybe this podcast reaches only 10 people ever. But then it could reach a whole set of people. So I'm still trying to be kind of careful with what I say. But, yeah. Deal with Tory Lanes, man. Like, and it's sad. Like, just when his personality was seeming all pleasant and stuff with quarantine radio, we see this ugly side to him. Like, ew. Ick. And, uh Why the gun? I think for me it's the whole gun. The fact that he used a gun. With Chris and Reed, it was hand-to-hand combat. You know, like, there was a story there. But there's no excuse for shooting someone in the foot when they're walking away from conflict. There's just no excuse. And I salute Meg. I admire her strength. I think that if we had to go there in comparing Sweetie and Meg the Stallion, we know that Meg the Stallion is going to go down and has gone down as the more successful rapper. She's gonna have more of a musical career. She's gonna have far more success in music as projected. Based on what's happening right now, and things are always subject to change than sweetie will have but what sweetie has at her disposal is a strong brand image and good brand recognition which is incredible especially in this day and age where it is so hard to garner a dedicated fan base and if sweetie is smart she would leverage that into a fashion and media empire Um, sell some perfumes some makeup and things like that and rap for fun and I'm not dissing sweetie's rapping skills I think her music catalog is actually pretty impressive as I said I'm icy gang I love sweetie I listen to her EPs I'm excited for p.m. p.b.m. I'm excited for her album. I really rock with her music, but I'm just saying it as it is. I'm just saying it as it is. And <laughs> it's harder to get these podcasts to 30 minutes than one would think and not just go on a tirade. So I'm going to wrap this one up here. And The main points are arrest Tori Lanez. Deal with your jealousy when it comes to black women. Because sometimes it's not them, it's you. Um, There is a lot of nuance when it comes to domestic abuse. And we need to learn how to move on from one situation to get justice for the other. So justice for Meg the Stallion. And I'm signing off. This has been episode 2 of The J Show. A bit more mature. A bit more meaty. The first one was a lot more fun to to do. I won't like. Because it was kind of cutesy, like. I have a crush on Chris from Sesame Street like that's just the most adorable thing ever this one is a bit more pop culture related a bit more media-ish a little more mature but I've had a lot of fun recording it And I'm gonna try to see if I could hold to what I said and record four episodes tonight it might just be two it might just be three but I'm gonna try and this is Jay signing off thank you so much for tuning in on Anchor FM and this has been the Jay Show <laughs>